Today, I'd like to introduce Pastor John Algera or Algera. He's from Patterson, New Jersey. Um, he sent me a quick bio about him. A couple of things that stood out is he's been married to his wife, Deborah, for almost 50 years. Um, he's been doing ministry and retired from his church in Patterson, New Jersey for about the last three years. But the thing that God has put on his heart, I think since you were in college, has been urban ministry. So from Patterson, he's been able to do a bunch of different things in the community. And so with that, I'm going to ask Pastor John to come up and he's going to read the passage for us and then deliver the message. Well, good morning. Good morning. Oh, oh, here, here, right? Is this good? Okay. I can see I overdressed. I'll come more casually next time. I'll, uh, I, I'll be um, with you once a month through uh, Pastor Sam's sabbatical, I think. So we will um, look, look forward to that. If I move out of the camera, you guys let me know, okay? Because I tend to, to move around. It is um, great to be here with you. I've got my granddaughter, Sarah, with me, and she's been with us for a week in New Jersey, and we've been actually spending a lot of time in your neighborhood. Friday, we were up on top of the Empire State Building and um, tooling around New York and New Jersey. Uh, my wife and I are both from New Jersey, and we've lived in Patterson now. It's going on 43 years. So um, although I, I retired as pastor of our church, Madison Ave Christian Reformed Church, after 40 years, I have not retired from the kingdom of God. Amen? And uh, so it, it is great to be with you and to see what God is doing. Um, during the 2000s, like 2005 to 10, I was working 20% of my time in our whole church multiplication initiative here in uh, Metro New York with about 18 different denominations. And uh, we're so grateful for the churches that have multiplied and what God is doing, what God is doing. So our text today is from Genesis 28. But um, before I read that, I just want to set the context for it. Okay, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to it in a minute. That, that's fine. That's fine. Um, Jacob's family, this is about Jacob and his family, and his family had issues. Any, anybody, any families have issues? None here, but you know families with issues. Amen. I mean, there was favoritism, there was hiding, there was blaming, there was deception, there was jealousy, there was revenge, there were favorite kids. Isaac was, Isaac's favorite was Esau, Rebecca's favorite was Jacob. Um, and he, although everyone knew about God's covenant, that it was for Jacob, Nobody waited for God to act, but everybody manipulated the situation. Isaac didn't pay any attention to it. Jacob, um, Rebecca manipulated how Jacob could get the blessing. Esau didn't even value his birthright. It was just one big mess, amen? And, and I, I think what, what gives the Bible such credibility is that we don't just see the success stories, but, but we see the brokenness of human lives where, where God comes to show up. 
So when Rebecca hears Isaac thinks he's dying, he's going to give his dying blessing to Esau, even though God had told him that Jacob was supposed to get it, but he's going to give it to Esau. Rebecca hears this. She disguises Jacob as Esau. He goes ahead with it while Esau's out hunting. Jacob lies to his father. In fact, if you read the whole text, we're not reading the whole text, the whole chapter today, but if you read it all, his father says, are you Esau? Are you really Esau? You smell like him. You're, you're, you've got hairy arms because he had goat skin on, but, but your voice is, oh yeah, I'm Esau. I'm Esau. Imagine lying to your dying father. He lies to his dying father, or at least he thought he was dying, gets the blessing. Now his brother wants to kill him. Rebecca needs to have a plan to save him because he's her favorite. So she goes to Isaac, says, send him to my brother to get a wife. I don't like these Hittite women. And that's where we pick up in the text. Genesis 28. I'm going to read just from verses 10 to 22. Let's hear the word of the Lord. Jacob left Beersheba and set out for Haran. When he reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and lay down to sleep. He had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth with the top reaching to heaven. And the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. There above it stood the Lord. And he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father, Abraham, Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are living. I'm sorry, my light is not good. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out to the west and to the east, to the north, to the south. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I am with you. I will watch over you wherever you go. I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. When Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, surely the Lord is in this place, and I was not aware of it. He was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. Early the next morning, Jacob took the stone he had placed under his head, and he set it up as a pillar and poured oil on it. He called the place Bethel though the city there was, used to be called Luz. Then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and will watch over me on this journey I'm taking and will give me food to eat and clothes to wear so that I return safely to my father's household, then the Lord will be my God. And this stone that I have set up as a pillar will be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will give you a tenth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. What I've discovered in my life, 40 years as a pastor, 
in our churches, in our cities, in our neighborhoods, in our businesses, in our government, in our own personal lives, is that it's easy to end up at a place where Jacob was, in a place of, of wilderness, in, in a place this past year we've, we've experienced that in the midst of COVID and police shootings of unarmed black men, of racial tensions, of hate, of hostility, of political alienation, economic challenges, and more. Like Jacob, we can often end up in a wilderness place and not be aware that God is present there. The world is, is, is groaning un, under, under the, 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 the grip of sin. And in fact, I've heard places called, some people have called our city Patterson. Now we're from Patterson. We're only like 12 miles west of the GW Bridge, but, but we, we've got our issues, amen? And some people have called us God, a God-forsaken place. I've said, no, man. In fact, isn't this neighborhood, didn't this used to be called Hell's Kitchen? What's that about? God is in this place. And oftentimes, we don't realize it. And he didn't either. But the reality of this wilderness is all around it. We know it well from this this past year. In the U.S., 625,000 people have died of COVID in the United States. My father-in-law was one of them the age of 95, and he got it from me. And I got it in church back in November. And maybe you have family and, and, and friends who have lost loved ones as well. The reality of, of the political tensions that, that we've lived through this last year, it's been a wilderness reality of the the racial issues and inequities from what you might have experienced even in Asian hate to the need to say that, yes, black lives do matter as well. From the reality of depression and despair and and this year, 93,000 individuals have OD'd and prescription or non-prescription drugs. 20,000 more than other years. We've seen shootings multiply. In our own city, we've had more homicides and as well as non-fatal shootings than we've seen in the last 30 or 40 years. Where is God in the midst of this? In the midst of these wilderness places that, that we find ourselves, some, some worse than others, it's not a new thing. And although God created everything good, we knew, know that out of the, the brokenness of sin, as God's relationship with Adam and Eve broke, the, the, the shalom was broken, not only between God and human beings, but between human beings and each other, and even all of creation. Sin has separated us from that kind of perfect peace that existed then that the Bible calls shalom, peace with God, peace with ourselves, peace with each other, and even peace with the created world. 
as Paul says in, in Romans 8, even all creation is groaning. Amen? And, and, and we see this. We, we don't have to look far for it. Just read the newspaper. Just walk here from 36th Street. Sarah and I walked over. People sleeping on the street. I was in L.A. a couple years ago, and there were 50,000 homeless people. People have tents set up in L.A. on the street. The Bible is very realistic about this. And David, David cried out, How long, O Lord, in Psalm 11, will you forget me forever? Job cried out, How I long for the months gone by, for the days when God watched over me. Sometimes in the wilderness places, we, 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 we wonder, is God watching over me? Where is God? Jacob, as he wondered. Jeremiah, I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. Surely the Lord is in these places. But at times, we are not aware of it. A few years ago, Martin Scorsese directed the movie Silence. I don't know if any of you saw that, that, that movie. About the Franciscan missionaries to Japan in the 16th century, where there were over 100,000 people who came to Christ. And Japan responded with a horrific inquisition. And at one point, they took Father Rodriguez and, and let him look at members of his congregation hanging upside down with blood dripping slowly out of their neck to die and said, if you want to save them, you step on this image of Jesus and we'll let them go. Just step on Jesus' face. And to save his congregation, he, 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 he went ahead. And, and as he looked at the face of Jesus, he, he, he heard Jesus' voice saying, trample, trample. I understand your suffering, and it's this, for this reason I'm here. And, and Father Rodriguez responded, Lord, I, I, I resent your silence. And, and he heard Jesus' voice say, I was not silent. I'm suffering beside you. Surely God is in this place, and I was not aware of it. We can feel like Jacob and David and Job and Jeremiah and Fathers Rodriguez and, and, and look at the wilderness and say, God, where are you in the midst of this? And yet as Jacob lay down to sleep with a rock for his pillow, God gave him a vision and a dream. And God spoke to him and said, I am with you, and I will watch over you. And, and when he wakes up, he says, he says, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God, the gate of heaven. And this place is too. From Patterson to Hell's Kitchen, not just because we're in a church sanctuary in an office building, but because the Lord is in every place of our lives. You are the Good News Church, amen? I like, I like your name. And, 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 and this is the good news of the gospel, that God is with us, Emmanuel. God has not abandoned us in this brokenness of sin, in our lives or world or in these wilderness places that we find ourselves. We can lose sight of it. 
And Jacob's dream of the angels going up and down the ladder is a good one to remember, because unlike the great spiritual, we are climbing Jacob's ladder. It's not just about climbing up, amen? Now, now I, I, I can prove that to you. Who, let, let me, who wants to go to heaven? Who wants to go to heaven? Not many of you. Who wants to go this afternoon? Well, Sarah's got to fly home. She's busy. You, you, some of you have appointments as well. So, so because God, God has promised us that eternity, but he has placed us here. So the angels are going up and down because it's not only about getting to heaven after we die, but getting the riches of heaven into us living in the kingdom of God here and now while we live. Amen? I love how Pastor Tim Keller puts it so succinctly that I'm so bad that it took Jesus going to the cross to save me, but I'm so loved that he was glad to do it. Emmanuel, God with us, Christ has come. We get the benefit of this gift of grace that we receive by faith alone, not through anything we do. And when Christ ascended, he poured out his Holy Spirit on all those who believe and put their faith and trust in him so that not only is God dwelling with us, but God is dwelling in us. As Paul says in Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. God is not only in this place, but God is in this place. Amen? Christ lives in me so I can live in the reality of that relationship with God. Casper Olivianus and Zacharias Ursinus. Anybody know who those two guys are? They wrote something called the Heidelberg Catechism. And the first question and answer asked, what's my only comfort in life and in death? And the German word for comfort was like fortuous, fortitude. What, what, what fortifies me in the realities of life and death? And the answer is, that I am not my own, but belong, body and soul, in life and in death, to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. He has fully paid for all my sins with his precious blood and has set me free from the tyranny of the devil. He also watches over me in such a way that not a hair can fall from my head without the will of my Father in heaven. In fact, All things must work together for my salvation. Because I belong to him, Christ, by his Holy Spirit, assures me of eternal life and makes me wholeheartedly willing and ready from now on to live for him. I don't know about you, but I believe that's a confession worth making. To make me wholeheartedly willing and ready from now on to live for him. This comfort equips us for life in the midst of the wildernesses 
that we find ourselves. Surely the Lord is in this place, and I'm not aware of it, Jacob said, but we are here today, and we are aware of it. Jacob woke up, and he realized as God wakes us up in the middle of our wilderness places of our lives that God is in this place. He woke up to the presence of God. Amen? And the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit enable us to live in a daily connection today between heaven and earth. Connected to heaven in the midst of the brokenness and healing, in the midst of loss and gain, in the midst of sorrow and joy, in the midst of, of, of change and routine, you are not alone. Too often we can just rush through life and miss the reality of the presence of God. Years ago, not far from here, I saw Les Mis when it was on Broadway or off Broadway. And recently, my wife Deborah and I rewatched a um, the the Broadway version of it on TV or on Netflix or or, or something. And 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 I was so struck again at, at the one scene. If you remember the story, well, Jean Valjean rescued Marius through the sewers of Paris, and he thinks he's going to die, and he's in love with 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 um, Colette, and he prays, and this is what he prays: He says, "God on high, hear my prayer. In my need, you have always been there." After all he went through, after years in prison for stealing a loaf of bread, after, after, after being tracked and, and, and hunted, he said, Lord, you, 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 you have been there. You were with me in it. He woke up. He woke up to the presence of God. One, one, one thing I do is I, um, I kayak. In fact, I've kayaked around Manhattan many times. I used to do it with swimmers. They would use us as their moving buoy. But last month, I was on the Outer Banks of North Carolina and did a 100-mile did a kayak circle. And the first day, as, as, we, as we, I left the, the Pamlico Sound to go into a back bay, the, the, the weather turned nasty, and, and what had been kind of calm turned to a two-foot chop with a 20-knot wind on my nose. And I'm in the middle of a large bay about two miles from shore anywhere. And I'm like, I really don't want to flip out here. And this was my reflection. The wilderness, because I was in the water wilderness, is a place of exquisite beauty. I mean, there was beauty all around. And relentless violence. And our lives are often the same. And God is with us in both. God is with us in both. The reality of the presence of God in the midst of the good and the bad, the beautiful and the ugly, the joyful and the tragic, the laughter and the tears is something that our text for this morning helps us see in amazing ways. Jacob, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God and the gate of heaven, and so is this.
So is God in our individual and family lives and workplace. Jacob sets up a stone. He calls it Bethel, which is the Hebrew word for house of God, Bethel, house God. And in the midst of the mess of his life, the wilderness of where he was, the church, the Bible tells us, is the bride of Christ. And we, the people of God, are the body of Christ, the hands and feet of Jesus. God is present in this place. God is present in and through us and in the midst of us. Because now in Christ, Not only are we Bethel together, the house of God, but each one of us is a Bethel where the temple of the Holy Spirit dwells. Surely the Lord is in this place. And now we can be aware of it. In our life, in our family, in your church, in our schools, in our city, in our community, in our nation, in our business, in our work, in our relationships, in our world. Surely the Lord is in each and every place, each and every situation, each and every circumstance. And through our text this morning, we can learn as Jacob did and be aware of it. When I was a kid, I grew up in the suburbs of New Jersey, not New York City. And we had to learn to cross the street, not to look at the signs that say walk or don't. But we learned to stop, look, and listen, right? Stop, look both ways, listen. Now there's electric cars, so you can't even listen. But just stick with me with the stop, look, and listen. To stop and recognize the presence of God in our lives. The psalmist in Psalm 46 invites us even to to be still, be still. God said, be still and know that I am God. To pause, to pause. Our Muslim neighbors in Patterson, we have a lot of Muslim neighbors, pause five times a day to stop and pray, to do that. You know who they learned it from? The Christian monks. The early monks prayed seven times a day because in Psalm 118, David says, seven times a day I'll praise you. To stop and and to look at the ways that the Lord is present. I don't know if you sing that that song, 10,000 Reasons here. You ever sing 10,000 Reasons? Okay, so who's written down 10,000 Reasons to Thank the Lord? How about 10? How about 20? How about 100? To stop and look in the midst of what may not be right, in the midst of uh, the, the, the brokenness, gratitude. Gratitude is at the, the heart uh, of a Christian life. And listen, listen to God's word, to the scriptures, meditate it, memorize it. One of the old hymns in the garden says, he walks with me, talks with me, tells me I am his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there in another has ever known. Go to the garden. Stop, look, and listen. Because surely the Lord is in this place and this place. And today, we can be aware of it. Amen. Amen. Let's pray.
Dear Father, thank you that, that, that you, you show us so much more than Jacob even had a glimpse of. He had this vision of the angels going up and down, and, and he heard your voice. You give us the entire scriptures. You give us the gift of Jesus himself who came down in order to take on himself all of the penalty and brokenness of our sin that we can be restored in relationship with you. I pray for each one here present, dear Lord, online or, 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 or in front of me, in the midst of situations and circumstances of their lives, in the midst of wilderness places, that you would awaken them each and every day to your presence, that they are not alone, that we can say with Jacob, Truly, God is in this place, and be aware of it. In your name we pray, amen.